Welcome to the Gil and Brenda podcast as we share tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Listen for the action steps at the end, and now let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you uh, here as we are headed into a really hot topic today. Got pain? Flip it to the peace side. So, you know, normally we talk about tips, tools, and tingles in a uh, pleasant way, but mm-hmm. today we're going to talk about something that's a tingle that's a painful tingle. So we were wa- taking a nice long walk yesterday. This this conversation has kind of been brewing between us, and we really wanted to kind of drill down a little bit. And, you know, I was just thinking how many couples actually sit around and talk about pain. <laughs> we're kind of weird, huh? Yeah. Talk <laughs> about pain? No, they'd rather sometimes stay in pain. Yeah. And so they don't know that there's a flip side to the pain. And it can really be a positive. Really? <laughs> Are you kidding? No, no, no. The perspective is not at all that is pain a pers- you know a, a positive thing. So, yeah, Brenda and I work with couples, you know, coaching around the country. A particular story that came to your mind recently, and then a couple that I'm working with in session in the counseling here in the state of Washington. So let's let's just give you a little storyline first before we dive into what we came up with. So kind of go ahead. What, what, what's, who is it that you're working with and coaching with that, uh, <laughs> you're going to share yours first. Oh, ladies first. Oh, gee, go thanks. ahead. Uh, no, I just conversations I've had lately with different friends of mine. Um, they've just realized that they're, they didn't realize how much pain they were in themselves and trying to figure out where it came from, whether it be, you know, family of origin or a lot of times it's just lies that they're believing about themselves and then it affects the relationship. And then to be able to ha- feel safe enough to share with their husband. Uh, and once again, this could go either way, but <clears throat> I'm speaking to the ladies, um, how to be able to share how they're really feeling with their husband because there's been so much tension because of miscommunication and missing each other's hearts. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the concept of, of, not dealing with the pain is that there's a lack of safety to talk about the pain. Yeah, because sometimes I think we're not even sure where this pain is coming from in our own life. And it would be nice to be able to, I know you don't, you don't like the word process, but to be able to process or talk through with your spouse what's really going on in your heart. Well, I think the process is totally necessary because you can't digest Mm-hmm. I.e. deal with it until you do process it. Right. The couple that I've been working with uh, now with, oh gosh, I've been wor- working with these people for maybe six months and we've had to go together, as I call it, to the basement to deal with issues that have been there for years. And in this case, this particular couple have been together for a long time. Let's just say this problem has existed for 20 plus years. Wow. And it was a comment, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but it was a comment and a circumstance that took place 20-plus years ago that has continually been a source of pain. Mm. And they have had to work really hard to get to the place of safety to be able to get to the pain. And so the nature of being able to move toward the pain has always been this in your face conflict or this underlying gnawing inability that causes us then to not be able to connect because something was done 
years ago that keeps us apart. And there is never any repair. No resolve. Yeah. So as we began to think about the concept of pain in relationship, of course, we came up with a four-letter uh, yeah, four letters. <laughs> four letter word. Four letter word. Pain. You know, so the the stopping the pain of conflict and and to be able to move forward, um, we had to kind of go with pain. Yeah, and we made it an acronym. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so the P in pain is perspective. Hmm. The perspective of pain is it's my enemy rather than it's my teacher. Wow, that's really flipping it. Okay. You know, the the pain yeah. is something I'm trying to avoid because it hurts. Well, duh, it hurts. But actually, if we can begin to understand that the pain is an ally. Hmm. No, no, I'm looking at you because, frankly, your your comment to me while we were talking about this was, is, oh, I can begin to have a different perspective that now the pain is something we do together, not it's your problem. Right. Yeah. And I think another P, and then we this kind of developed for our conversation, uh, the P in pain is pride. Sometimes we can be so prideful in our pain that we don't want to share it. We want to sit in it. We want to not change. We don't want to talk about it. We want to protect it. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to think about you know perspective, pain, and even pretend. You know, because pretending that it's not there, it's just going to go away. Oh, yeah. No, it's just going to keep getting deeper. Yeah. And so the nature of the pain is we have to flip it to it's actually an ally. Mm -hmm. But to do that actually takes safety. And we're going to get to that eventually. So the P is perspective. Mm -hmm. It's pride. It's pretending. And we have to become authentic and real with it and not avoid it. So moving from the P to the A, the A is apathetic. You get to the place to where you don't care, and yeah. that is disastrous mm-hmm. because if one or other, uh, one or n- one of you or the other of you perceives that the other is apathetic, the message coming across is you don't care. Right. And then I would get defensive. Oh, not only defensive, you'd probably go on the attack as well. Mm-hmm. Then we could get into the game of blame and shame, and away we go because then we, we're, we're, we're defending. How could you not feel this way? Right, right. And part of that is I'm not feeling heard, Mm-mm. which brings up the defenses. Right. And sometimes not even you're not even making an effort to understand where I'm at. Well, if I'm apathetic in some way, if, if you're the one that caused me pain, then I might actually come off that way to punish you. Mm, wow. and, and if yeah. I'm punishing you, it's because, like you said, I'm not feeling heard, nor do I feel appreciated. It's like you don't understand. You might get it in your head, but I don't feel that you feel how I feel. Mm-hmm. As the song goes, when I believe you feel that way, that's when I start falling in love with you. Hmm, sounds like a lyric from a song I've heard. When I fall in love. Look it up, folks. It's there. So, okay, we've got the P. We've got the A. Then we move to the I. What is that? So we've got perspective, being apathetic. And number three is invalidated. My feelings are not being validated. Invalidation is a little bit different than apathetic. Invalidation is basically we're now flat out ignoring how the other person is feeling. Because it's easier to just ignore like it doesn't exist, right? Yeah, we have now become completely (laughs) emotionally disconnected. 
And that is no longer a validation moving toward the person. Now we're moving away. Yeah. And then it becomes more of a you're connecting with each other, if at all, in the head, and you're not dropping down to a heart level. Yeah, so that's the point. The flip side is is to move from the head to the heart, to be at the to be at the emotional level. I'm validating how you feel. I'm validating. More importantly, I begin to understand how you feel. I may not agree, but at least you know that I am with you in it. Can you validate without understanding? Can I validate without understanding? I don't think so. I really have to enter into your pain and feel it with you to kind of go, oh, I could see how you'd feel that way. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying to neglect your intellect, ladies and gentlemen. What I'm saying is engage your heart. Mm, Because the thing of it is, is until I know that you feel that way with me, then I may not trust you. Mm-hmm. You know, that trust has been violated. And when trust is violated, you're not safe. And when safety isn't there, then you're not going to be vulnerable because why would I be? Mm-hmm. You're not safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is complicated. No, not really. It? No, not really. <laughs> because the emotional heart, now we don't move in a straight line. The, 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 human, the human soul and heart moves in a really zigzag line and back and forth. But you know, continuing on the pain, the invalidation, the the apathetic. You know, I've got that out of line. Pain, apathy, invalidation, and then the N. Tell us about the N. Well, it's about negotiating. What does it look like to negotiate through that pain? Right. I I am refusing to negotiate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, there's a, a good friend of ours, Doctor Marks, out of uh, Jacksonville, who uh, talks about these four styles of negotiation in conflict. And the ultimate uh, best style of conflict um, negotiation is collaboration. The worst style is avoiding. Mm. So, you know, if I avoid and the next style is accommodate, then I'm, I may be having cooperation, but I'm not being assertive to say how I really feel. And what you need. And what I need mm-hmm. in the moment. The thing about it is, is that if I default to avoiding and accommodation, then actually I am sowing more seeds of resentment in myself by not speaking up. I'm not mm. respecting you nor yeah. myself, and therefore more resentment leads me back to more pain. And being assertive is really important here. And assert, being assertive doesn't mean you're being aggressive about it. You're just being being able to share how you feel and what you need. Politely, respectfully, lovingly. The thing about it is, is that if we have two people who are very assertive and, and are not accommodating, then, then we end up with two people that are in what's referred to as another type of conflict style, and that's competition. Mm. I win, you lose. Okay, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I want. Well, what do we want? Well, to move from that that next style is really then potentially co- a compromise. What is the least minimal thing that we can both agree on mm-hmm. to compromise so that there's peace? I mean, the scripture says, do everything that you can within your power to maintain peace. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately then moving to the highest form, as mentioned before, of conflict style is collaboration. What is the best good that we both come away with that we can collaborate, that we have a win-win as a team? Right. Because if we're both in that place, you have a win, I have a win, then our marriage has a win. And our marriage is more important than you or me. Right. 
I think one of the key things is that when we begin to, if I'm too busy protecting me from you, we don't get in us. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, many of you maybe have heard that, but that's a horrible uh, uh, negotiation style is that it's just all about me. If that's the case, then you're actually killing the us. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think yeah. ultimately, if I know that it's good for us, and I, I, I maybe it's something I don't necessarily want to do, mm-hmm. but if I know it's good for us, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's a message we pound out all the time. <laughs> I.e., I, I deny myself of my selfishness, yeah, and then move toward the us. And ultimately, then you get what you need. But what's so strange about it is, is that typically I get what I need. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So those yeah. are the things regarding pain that are uh, more about the flip side, I think, is what we're going to move into. Yeah, and we've already kind of shared a little bit on the flip side. So getting back to perspective, um, like you had mentioned, Gil, about having the pain be a friend and a how, what can we learn from this pain, which is so counterintuitive. It's like, wow, how do we do that? And sometimes we just say, we like, I'll say to you, I just need to sit in this for a little bit. Or we encourage people to hug your porcupine. You know, the cure for the pain is in the pain. And once again, that's so doesn't feel good. But man, once you work through that stuff and you get to the other side, um, you, you have more of a peace. If you do it with your spouse that pain that you've worked through together is going to totally solidify your the foundation of your relationship. So when storms and seasons come, uh, you're going to have a, a strong foundation and your marriage is going to weather those storms. So I think what I'm hearing you say, Brenda, is, is that if, if it's your pain, and maybe I was the one that caused it, mm-hmm. oh boy, then you are the victim and I have actually been the victimizer. Mm-hmm. And, and in an essence, then I need to be patient with your perspective, which could be really hard for me to hold because it's like, oh, I didn't, uh, then I can get, my defenses can go, oh, okay, here we go again. No, no, no. But if I'm patient and I realize that it's a friend, then it's not your pain, it's our pain. Right. You know, many times we've heard uh, people make comments in a relationship, like let's say, uh, they're struggling with, you know, an addiction or something even like selfishness, emotional disconnection, choosing to isolate. Um, one spouse can say to the other, well, that's your problem. It's not my problem. Go get fixed. Well, and that is so opposite of what should be happening because if if it's my problem, it's your problem. It's our problem yeah. because we're married. Right. I mean, tell death do us part. Right. Because let's say you have, you know, some kind of a, let's say you have an addiction of some kind that is going to directly impact me and it's going to directly impact us. So what are we going to do together to work through that? And I think on that point, Brenda, I would really say that if, if, if a person has an addiction, this is where I've really uh, admired a few clients who have come in first off as a couple and then they realize, yeah, the couple has some issues, but mm-hmm. the big issue is being uh, started from the the root of it is is that there is an addiction, and and the person who has the the, the struggle with the addiction has to get to the root of it and get that weeded out, so to say, so mm-hmm. that then they can go back and then work on the marriage. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it really is is really important to understand that it is not just my pain, but it's our pain. I will love you in sickness and in health 
And unfortunately, when there are, are addictions that are substance abuse, those things can be difficult. Mm-hmm. If I'm really just addicted to myself, that's a whole nother <laughs> issue. Uh, we, well, anyhow. it might even be harder. <laughs> yeah, it could be even harder. So, some some thoughts further with regards to the flip side on the perspective. What what about the apathy part? I think you have a thought here that you want to share. Well, I think. You know, we said that apathy is when you sense that neither one of you cares about how the other one feels. You're just very apathetic. You're just like, oh, whatever, that's their deal. I'm, I, you know, they've got to deal with it. But the flip side to that is that um, for you to let your spouse know that you do care. And what happens is when both of you know that you care and you're willing to sit in the stuff together, (laughs) (laughs) nice catch. What happens is that brings safety. And when safety is happening in a relationship, the transparency and vulnerability happens. And there is so much power and strength in that, not only personally, but as a couple. So safety, uh, let's just add a little bit more to that. The the rudiments of safety are born out of trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trustworthiness are small, frequent behaviors that are consistent don't say something if you aren't going to plan on doing it, because if you do and you, you go back on that, you will have set yourself back on your trustworthiness. And then, frankly, if there's an emotional wound, you may have to start over again. Yeah. And don't don't blame that on the other person. If your behaviors were not trustworthy, you got to own it. Don't don't make an excuse. Don't blame. Don't shame. Own it. Because that trustworthiness is a foundational concept. You know, it's found and discussed a great deal in the Gottman Institute around commitment and trust. And that's how you rebuild trust, our small, consistent behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something to think of even if you're in the middle of some kind of pain cycle where you're both apathetic is for one of you to take that step forward. Somebody's got to do it first, right? Take that step of doing something, a little step that's trustworthy and showing goodwill to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even in the midst of your pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we love each other. Well, then show me, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes don't tell me, show me, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then we move on to another flip side concept around the, the I, the invalidation, the emotions, uh, are, are being validated and, and understood. And I, I begin to ask curious questions that so that shows you that I'm actually trustworthy and I do care and I want to increase safety. What else would yeah, you say? Well, I, that's a really good point because when you put on those lenses of curiosity, when you do that for me, I feel like you do care and that you love me enough to go on this journey that I don't even know where it's going and that you're asking me clarifying questions and you're asking me questions that maybe I haven't even thought of that help bring resolve. Oh, you've thought of them. <laughs> I did. I oh, yeah, I... <laughs> especially when you're in pain. But the thinking may be muddled. It might be distorted because, you know, you're trying to get that place of getting out of the invalidation side to the validation side. And if if I'm invalidating, your thoughts are probably winding still in some form of your own pain mm-hmm. because of mine. Okay, so I, again, I think that 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 place of understanding that the negotiation flip side, mm-hmm. uh, let's 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 kind of do some flip side thinking more on the negotiation side. Frankly, negotiation is done when I'm in a peaceful, 
at ease state. When I am in a state of anxiety or frustration or uh, I'm, I'm I'm escalated with my emotions, I'm not thinking straight. Basically, I've flipped my lid. I've lost my ability to think. So to be able to negotiate, you've got to bring yourself down and be calm. Go ahead. Right, because when you're in the middle of the frantic frenzy, uh, a lot of times the first place we go to is self-protection. And how am I going to protect myself in this conversation? They're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. And yet, you know, it's all, there's so much pain involved that people can't think straight, like you said. And what happens is we get so busy protecting me, there can't be an us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're right. That's when you got to not flip the lid and take a deep breath. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's where you need to go take a time out to take a time in to be able to say, hey, I need 30 minutes and I'll come back and let's let's regroup and let's let's figure out how we're going to collaborate through this. Yeah. And just as a reminder, when there is a timeout, folks, that doesn't mean that you have admitted defeat. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a retreat is not necessarily a bad thing for the sake of us. The key thing to remember is, and this is a bit of a review from former podcast, is the person who's taken the time out is the one that's responsible to reconvene, showing respect to the other person and saying thank you for letting me take some time to gather my thoughts and to really get down to what was I feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think when you do that, that increases my safety and um, I I it means a lot that you're taking the time to care for yourself, which in effect cares for us. I think another thing that comes to my mind uh, is, is that sometimes this pain, we, we want to, it's got to have a solution. Sometimes, sometimes actually you you guys, the pain doesn't maybe need a solution and actually maybe just needs understanding. And it needs to be aired out, maybe. Yeah. Get some light on it yeah. rather than keeping it in the darkness. Right. I, I, and I, I reflect primarily to uh, our friend, Dr. Dr. Marx, and then I also reflect back on the, on the research from the Gottmans. That, um, and the research was really close between what both of these guys came up with. But ultimately, here it is. Um, the percentage is, is that about somewhere between 70 to 80% of our problems have no resolution. Oh boy, that's not encouraging. that's not really good. <laughs> that's really not good. You know, typically people, uh, you know, have a lot of of things that they're really frustrated about, and and if that's if it's anywhere between seventy eight percent of unsolvable issues, they typically are emotional, mm-hmm. which are like you know a moving target. Mm-hmm. But if I can actually move toward my my spouse with understanding and empathy. And begin to negotiate with how can I help you rather than be your adversary? How can I be your ally? Even if I, again, was the one that caused you the pain in the mm-hmm. first place. Mm-hmm. That leaves about anywhere between 20 to 30 percent of things that can be resolved. And there's lots of good resources out there for you guys to get. You're, you're smart people. You can figure that out. But what we get tripped up on are these emotional things that begin to turn into these monsters of pain. And then we begin to avoid them and move away from them and drift and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then we end up in a big yeah. mess. And life happens. So bring us back to uh, the couple that you talked about early when we first started this podcast and the 20 years of 
like this seedbed of mistrust because of some words that were exchanged that were they never had a chance to repair, and they're revisiting it 20 years later. How have you seen them oh. be able to do the flip? Yeah, that's a really interesting thing, Bren, because after working with them for months, uh, perspective began to come. Hmm. Uh, of who they were as individuals, their own histories, why they were who they were. Um, uh, the apathy began to change to safety. I, 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 I literally almost broke down in tears in this particular... I mean, <laughs> I was feeling it because the apathy was beginning to lift. And the, the gentleman began to go, oh, you mean if I become safe that I could then have my wife come with me into these deep, dark issues that I've been hiding Mm. and she could actually help me with them. And I was like, now you're getting it. But then he began to understand because she was trusting and caring that it was his turn to go with her into her basement. And unfortunately the victimizer was him. Mm-hmm. And there were some really deep things there that they are working through, but they're finally getting to that place because no longer are we invalidating. They began to validate how one another felt, mm-hmm. saying simply, oh, I could see how you'd feel that way. I feel horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, in a way, when, when, when the gentleman started saying, I feel, I went, no, 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 no. How does she feel? And and he goes, I'm not sure. So I handed him an emotions chart with all kinds of different emotions. And I said, what do you think are some of the emotions she felt? And she he began to rattle them off. And then I simply had him ask, am I close? And she was, oh, yeah. When you said betrayed, I felt closer to you. Wow. Because it's like, oh, because yeah. I think yeah. you got to get outside of yourself. To validate the other person. Mm-hmm. Not my perspective on how I think you feel. <laughs> really, how do you feel? And how can I be warm and accepting of that? And then finally, the negotiation is, is that we're no longer avoiding it and we're not accommodating and we're not trying to, to, to uh, compete with one another's pain. For God's sake, stop it. <laughs> right. I mean, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives, respect your husbands. Venerate, honor him. He's not going to come out and she's not going to come out if you don't begin to negotiate like friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing in concept of negotiation that I want to make a final point on with the end, with this particular couple and with you. Think about it. You have these two world powers, a wife and a husband. (laughs) These people rule their world. Mm -hmm. And if they are in negotiations, let's say, say for instance, go back to negotiations between two superpowers, i.e. the United States and Russia back in the 70s, and they're having the salt talks. And 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 the point of it is, is that here are these international negotiations going on and we get to about 70% of agreement. You're not going to get a hundred percent. Let's just be honest. If you could get to a 70% agreement with your ally, sign it, (laughs) sign it, move forward. Don't get stuck because if you've got some room to begin to build, that's where you start. And to be able to ask yourself on these different little issues, you know, is this a hill I'm willing to die on? Or can I let it go? I think so many times we aren't willing to let stuff go that are just really not that big of a deal. Okay, so as we wind up, what are some action steps, Brenda, that you could suggest to our friends listening? 
Well, I think the most important one is to just have some quiet, quiet yourself, have some quiet time and really ask yourself, where is this pain coming from? Uh, like I had mentioned earlier, is it, you know, from family of origin? Is it uh, in a previous relationship? Is it in this relationship? <clears throat> is it distorted thinking that, you know, I can never be loved or I can never trust? Where What is the root of all that? Um, because sometimes, you know, we'll say, well, to people, well, what do you need? And they say, well, I don't know. Well, if they don't know, how am I supposed to know? So <laughs> to mm -hmm. be able to really drill down and identify the pain, it's like, okay, what, what do I need to soothe over this pain or, or heal it? Yeah, I think it's the agreement of you're not the pain. The, the issue is the pain. You're not the problem. Mm -hmm. The issue is the problem. It's mm -hmm. not about the peanut butter. That's another podcast. Go back and listen to it. The point of it is, is I next the next uh, action point that I really like that you put out here is how can we gently move to the flip side? Maybe here's where your spouse uh, likens like listens to the same podcast. Not okay, great. I'm going to go after him and going to share this with him. Give give yourself a break. Let them listen to it and get the concept as well. Maybe they get convicted and go, oh, or maybe they unfortunately kind of go, no, I'm not going to listen to it. Well, okay, I'm sorry about that. But you got to get to the same page. Be able to move toward it gently. You know, again, the word, the Proverbs 15, one says that a harsh answer stirs up anguish and wrath, but a soft answer, it, mm -hmm. it soothes, it, it brings peace. So approach these things softly. Yeah. And then definitely. the final action step. Yeah. You may need to have, bring a third party in to kind of help flesh out some of this stuff. So, you know, is it a mentor couple? Is it a counselor? You know, somebody to help you kind of sift through these pain cycles that you're in so that you can understand it better. And then you can, you can ask for what you need. Well, I think even more so once the understanding and, and the connection happens, you may actually find resolution. Yeah. That, that may be all it takes. That might all, yeah. that's maybe all you needed was just the resolution. Right. So, so we've got, once all. again, got pain, <laughs> flip it to the beast. So keep in mind, we've got perspective apathetic, invalidated, and negotiated. That's, those are the pain, P-A-I-N. Get to the flip side. Yeah. Because remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Hey, glad you joined us today. Want to connect with us? Find us at gillandbrenda.com and the usual social media outlets. We are available for coaching, counseling, marriage intensives, seminars, workshops, retreats, and so much more. We'd love to encourage you in your relationship. Give us a call today. And thank you to our producer and engineer, Corby Stevens.